Hi and welcome to my latest edition of Revival Talks. I am Luke Vardy and I am your host for these talks. I've got a fantastic special guest on today. Remember, we're all about changing lives from the inside out. We're all about talking about revival and you're going to have a fantastic time in the presence of God. If you want to find out more about our ministry, please visit www dot ignite ministries dot co dot uk that's www dot ignite ministries dot co dot uk and be blessed today i'm not going to wait any longer i'm going to bring my guest on with me today um it's eric gilmore and he's all the way from the united states and uh, I think they're about five hours behind us, so it's mid-afternoon, even though it's evening here. But I'm just going to bring um, Eric on now. Hi, Eric. How are you doing? I'm happy to be here, man. Thank you for having me. Fantastic. It's great to have you here. And uh, we've had a fantastic time already in the presence of God, um, just backstage, just praying together. And I know it's going to be a good one today. So thank you so much for joining uh, me. I know we've got a few things we're going to run through before we get into the core of what we want to talk about tonight. Um, but just tell us a bit about yourself, Eric. Tell us about your family and, and, and what you do. So I'm a uh, pastor's kid. I was born again in 1996, uh, been married now for 16 years. I have two kids, 15 and 10, and we started our ministry in 2010. Uh, and God has spoken to us to seek to bring the church into a deeper experience of God's presence in their daily lives. So we do this now uh, full time and uh, our lives are dedicated to to doing just that but uh the probably the biggest thing on our hearts these days is to prepare the bride to meet the bridegroom because he is coming um so you was telling us about your ministry uh hopefully you were still able to talk there and people got a bit of flavor so um for anybody who's watching there as well um so the ministry that you um run um it's called sonship um is that correct and that's sunship international um yeah that is it. That is it. We're we're treat we're seeking to bring the church into a deeper experience of God's presence in their daily lives. Yeah, fantastic. That's absolutely great. And uh, um, tell us a little bit about now. I've got a picture. I'm going to put it on, and you just tell us a bit about your um, latest book. Oh yeah. So this is an exposition on Jesus's last prayer, and many people don't realize this but that last prayer was prayed for everyone who would believe through the word of the disciples that's you and that's me so jesus has prayed for us and as robert murray mcshane said if i could hear christ praying for me in the next room i, I wouldn't fear and so i expounded upon or grabbed a hold of the nuggets that are inside jesus's last prayer for you and show what they mean how, why it's so significant and what this prayer is perpetually doing in our lives uh, as it shows us Christ's highest desires for us since it's the last thing he asks on our behalf. Fantastic. That's absolutely brilliant. And if you, I want to, I want to just move on to um, a question and I ask every single guest this because I think it's vital, Eric. Yeah. Um, how did you first meet with Jesus? So I grew up in the church and I knew a lot about God, but I did not know God. There's a vast difference. I knew the Bible. 
I went to Christian schools. I went to Christian camps. Uh, my dad was a pastor, but I had no interactive love exchange with God. I only had facts. And so 1992, I went to a youth camp and Dr. Mark Rutland was giving an altar call for those who wanted to receive Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. I didn't really understand at the time, as a matter of fact, the entire time I was messing around with my friends, making fun of people. But once the altar call opened up, I felt my palms began to sweat, my heart began to palpitate, and I knew without even really understanding what the call was for, I knew the Holy Spirit was telling me or something was pulling me to go down there. You need this. And I had a choice in that moment to stay back and continue making fun of the people and push away what I felt or respond to it. And I'm so grateful. I actually got out of the pew in front of my friends and walked down to the altar to respond to this pulling that I didn't quite understand. And I, at the altar, I raised my hands and I prayed this prayer that Jesus would come into my life and take control. And as I prayed the prayer, I felt my heart is almost like my physical heart turned around, like flipped around and it fluttered in my chest. And I was ex- I was excited because I knew something happened. I actually ran to a payphone because we didn't have cell phones back in 1992. <laughs> and I, I called my mom and I told her my heart flipped around and something happened to me that day that I knew was real. I did not continue on with it, though uh, after about a month or two, I went back to being the way that I was. But in 1995, God poured out his spirit in Pensacola, Florida. If people don't know what I'm talking about, the Brownsville Revival was a four-year deluge where God actually took up a habitation on a church property. People were getting saved driving by. People were lining up at 6 a.m. to get into the 7 p.m. services. When they opened the doors, people ran in like they were giving away free iPhones or something. It was incredible. The moment that I walked through the threshold of the doors of this church against my will. As a matter of fact, my mom tricked me and said I could bring my girlfriend. And uh, I walked through the, the doors and I felt the tangibility of God. And I knew that I knew that I knew God was real and that I needed to give my heart and life to him. Steve Hill got up and preached a red hot gospel message with tears in his eyes that wow. Jesus loved me. And Jesus wanted to save me. And I responded to that altar call. I bowed my knees to Christ that day. And my life was exchanged with his. I was later on that same night prayed for to receive the Holy Ghost. (laughs) And, And everything changed. I was so overwhelmed with a blissful, joyful peace that passes the ability to be understood. Something happened to me that day that is prepared. Perpetuated since then. It began then and it has just increased and developed since those days in 1996 at this time. And uh, it has been the greatest and most fulfilling thing that I think any human could ever do is give their life over to Jesus, have their sins completely washed away and the power of sin completely broken and the filling of the spirit 
come in on the inside to make God experientially knowable and the highest delight and satisfaction that can be. So that's that's a little bit of my how I met Jesus. Wow, wow. Some similarities there with mine. I was brought up in a family church um, set up by my great, great granddad. They used to see healing meetings before I was born and wow. had like, moments of revival and and then when i was there we were very religious they had the hymn boards with all the uh, <laughs> you know the songs on there and uh, you know this little light of mine i'm gonna let it shine songs and i knew who i, I knew which auntie was gonna get up to pray <laughs> I, I knew the scriptures inside out but i didn't know the author eric I, yeah. I genuinely did not know the author of the bible properly i think i had an encounter i loved jesus to a certain extent but i didn't realize that I could spend time with him. I just yeah. thought he was someone untouchable out there. Uh, and I, I know I know this is not scripture, but what would you say to people who feel distant from God and, and that is, is somewhere a million miles away and he's not actually in their life? What would you say to people? Yeah, I would say there is this amazing message called the gospel. And when you believe this message, this actual reality that God has loved you so much that he gave his only son that we all like sheep have gone astray every single one of us have gone our own way that's what it means to go astray you went your own way but God has laid upon Christ that sin of all of us and that if we would receive him we would receive life and without him we do not have life if you will believe that then you realize all the barriers all the walls, all those things that hid his face from you are now removed, not because of your doing or how good you are, but because Jesus is perfect and he has taken your place. I like to say this quote from Charles Spurgeon a lot to make it really clear. I stand before God as Christ because Christ stood before God as me. And so those that think that they're far off, believe the gospel. Jesus is enough. Jesus is the perfect sacrifice. Jesus is God, the son who has brought salvation and redemption by the power of his own blood. And if you'll put faith in that, you will realize there is no distance between you and God. He has united himself to you through the blood believed in. Fantastic. Fantastic. And uh, as Eric said, you know, we've got to put his trust in God. And I find so many times, especially in the COVID, you, you have it in the US and that trust in um, God and trust in the cross sometimes is um, it comes into doubt and into question with many people. Uh, I, I've seen it. Some people are like, well, why is God letting this happen? Why is God letting um, me go through suffering? And, and you know, I just sense in my spirit there's people watching and you feel uh, alone, you feel isolated almost, and you feel like you're suffering through this season. And um, I, I just want to give you a, a word, and Eric might add something to it, but um, I just feel to encourage you that if you're feeling alone in this season, you've never actually truly drawn close to God. And mm. this is your season to be able to draw mm. close to him and 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 reconnect with God because God um, from when I got saved anyway God's been the one who filled the hole in my life 
Um, when I used to get angry and frustrated at people, it's because I didn't feel loved. I, for some reason, I didn't feel love from my parents, even though they showered me with love. I didn't feel love from uh, girlfriends. I didn't feel love from friends. I felt like I was on a show. And until I really met with God, that's when the loneliness began to disappear for me. And that's when I really encountered God. And maybe you've got something to add to that, Eric. Yeah, God has loved us while we were still sinners. He loved us so much to give himself completely over in our place that in and of itself should shatter loneliness because he has loved you and loves you the scripture says in revelation one talking of jesus to him who loves us not loved us but loves us he did love us past tense but he loves you right now this Mm -hmm. is enough if you will put your faith and trust in that reality then you will experience it it goes like this a fact is jesus loves you you put faith in it and then you feel it fact faith and feeling and that feeling will break all the bondages of loneliness and depression and all that thing put your faith in that fact that jesus loves you and that feeling of his presence will come straight in and break the power of the enemy amen amen that's fantastic and uh, we we just believe it and guys we are going to be praying later um, I always give a time for us to pray, whatever Eric touches on, if you need prayer into that area, um, or or if you are one of them feeling lonely and, um, you know, even, you know, suicidal in this season, you know, we want to pray with you because God will fill that void and God will help you through it. And just put your prayer requests, post them in the comments. If you know somebody who needs prayer or needs to be listened to this broadcast, share it. Share this post with them right now. They might watch it even later and get healed and set free because we believe in miracles. We believe in healing. We believe in salvation. And we believe today's the day of salvation. So if you're watching live or you're watching later on and you haven't got Jesus in your life, you need Jesus in your life by the end of this broadcast. And we'll give you an opportunity to do that. Uh, I get really excited about the presence (laughs) of God. I get excited, Eric, about what God is doing in his nations. You see that the government might have locked us down, but God is not locked down. He's (laughs) omnipresent. He's everywhere, every time. He's here right now speaking through the airwaves on social media. I mean, you said the disciples would have loved having this platform just to be able to preach from. And some people are grumbling about it, but we've got this fantastic platform to tell everyone that Jesus loves them. And I get so excited about it. (laughs) Get carried away here. But I want us to touch. um, We we were talking a bit um, earlier about a certain scripture. Mm-hmm. Can we touch on that now, Eric? Because that sure. it blessed me, and I'm going to soak on it in the morning because I think there's just so much there. Um, so, so just just touch on that scripture yeah. that you brought. Sure. So, if those of you that have read the scriptures and you realize that John 14 through 16 is the greatest spiritual teaching of all time by Christ Himself, there is nothing that comes close to the depth of spiritual reality that is expressed in John 14 through 16. Then 17, he starts to pray unbroken. So he teaches 14 to 16. And then the beginning of 17, he lifts his eyes and he begins to pray. And he prays through all the stuff he just spoke from 14 to 16. And he concludes the prayer with this incredible verse. It's in verse 26. He says, I have made known to them your name. Now, this is Jesus talking about how he has lived 
in front of the eyes of and in relationship with the disciples. They have seen his eyes blink. They have seen him breathe in and out. They have seen the way he speaks. They have heard the sound of his natural human tenor. They have watched him raise the dead and and heal blind eyes and, and stand on the side of the mountain or sit on the side of the mountain and teach. They have known him. And then he says, I have made you known. So their knowing of Jesus is how they have come to know God. So what they have seen in Jesus, they have seen God to be. But then look at what he says next. He goes, and I will continue to make it known, the name of God, the nature of the Lord. So this is incredible because Jesus is saying, even as they have known me physically and personally, that's not going to end when I go away because I will send the Holy Spirit and he will make me Christ experientially knowable. They will hear, they will perceive. I can teach them. I will walk with them. He's saying, I will continue to make you known to them by the spirit. And then look at what he says next. This is the reason that so that the love with which you have loved me, God, God loving Jesus, that love will be inside of them. This blows my mind that the love that God has had for Jesus would be experienced by me or by you based upon the perfect merit of Christ. It has nothing to do with any of us being good. There isn't one person good enough to deserve this, but Jesus. And so Jesus has given to you and to me the greatest thing known to mankind. You can know the love that God had for Christ. And he actually follows that by saying that I would be inside of them. This is where Paul gets his wonderful mystery from in Colossians chapter one, when he says, this is the mystery, Christ in you. He gets that from Jesus. So it, it's it's this incredible experiential reality, an experiential union through an experiential fellowship. So I encourage everyone of you that this is Jesus's last prayer for you and the last words of his last desire made known for you. And it was this that you would experience and come to know him and receive the experience of his love by having him indwelling you. There's nothing like this. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> I mean, it, we read it earlier. <laughs> You've just read it then. And it still, it sort of hits you right there. And I think it led on to a sort of just praising God for a few minutes or so when yes. we were praying together and we just I think it just made my heart skip and just to yeah. remind me that the God of heaven the yes. creator of the whole earth yeah. is living inside of me right now because he loves me yes to the Holy Spirit yeah. I've got the Trinity mm -hmm. living and working through how can the God, the perfect God living in an imperfect being, <laughs> blows my mind every single time. And you might be watching this thinking, this is bonkers. What is all this about? How can God live inside of you? You might not be a Christian and you're watching this saying what it is. You've got to receive Jesus to actually experience what we're yeah. experiencing. 
You might yeah. be thinking, why are you smiling it when the rest of the world are worrying and panicking? Yeah. Why are you so happy and so excited and joyful in this season? And I'm telling you, if you're watching now and you're not a Christian or, or maybe you are a Christian and you're a bit dry around the edges and a bit dead, you maybe need to wake up and get the reality back in you that God so loved the world that he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die for you, to live inside of you. Yes. Oh, man. That is so good, Eric. That is so good. That is something to eat on, to digest on, to munch on and have for dessert for another week or month. That God love will dwell through us through eternity. And I think I mentioned another thing that blows my mind. Love is a time traveling thing. (laughs) It's been there from the beginning of the time. It's going to be there to the end of the time. People think we invented love. God invented love before we even came into being. Before he even spoke us into being, love was invented by God. So it could travel through time. So you can hear this message right now that God loves you. Yes. So when Jesus died on the cross, it wasn't for them, all them people 2,000 years ago. It's for us right now. And that's so great, Eric, what you've just brought out there. And uh, I know there's so much more. I bet you could get a full preach out of it because I'm already already preaching some of it now so um but it's absolutely fantastic now the next question i want to really touch on because we can touch on this all night but i really want to get some stuff out of you that i know you're really good at teaching and just touching on and 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 you you don't just teach on it what i like about you eric you actually you live it you're not going to tell us anything that you've not already lived through and that's my motto as a preacher i'm not going to preach a message that i'm not already either walking through it there and then or I've gone through the other end. There's just uh-huh. no point because uh, I'm just giving you theology rather than actually understanding and, and, and wisdom. So Eric, he, he's probably been through what he's going to bring you. But the question I've got for you now is how important is it to spend time with God on a daily basis? Hmm. I guess the answer to that question would be a question. How valuable is Jesus? to you. If your value of Jesus is very low, then your value of being with him will be very low. But if your value of Jesus is very high, then you will value being with him above everything else. You can see how a person feels about Jesus by how they treat their experiential relationship with him. If it's kind of like an an old car that you're fixing up, in the garage that you get to whenever you have extra time, then he's a side issue. But if he is all to you, then you find him to be the source of everything and the center of everything. And so this is why it's so important because Jesus is important. There isn't one person that has ever lived. There isn't a being that is more important than him. As we were saying during the backstage, There is a numberless multitude that surrounds him, worshiping him day and night. It's because they can perceive what he really is. And any lack of desire for Christ goes back to a lack of seeing who he is. To see him is to be so overcome and so overtaken and overwhelmed with what he deserves, the only thing you can do is throw yourself at his feet and say, you alone are worthy. I give you all the praise and worship. I give you everything. 
That is the response to a revelation of the person of Jesus. So I would say it's so important because Christ is important. You, the importance that you put on his presence is the importance you put on his person. You prioritize his person by prioritizing his presence. Wow. Wow, I love that. <laughs> I really like that. I don't think I was expecting that answer, actually. But it's really, really good, Eric. You know, How much do you value Jesus in your life? And yeah. um, I remember about three years ago, I preached a message on making room for the anointing of God. Oh, and it was yeah. a woman who passed by and the man, the man of God um, came by, Elijah came by every, every now and again. And she made a room for that presence. And mm. she actually got a miracle. And, but sometimes we make room for other things in our heart. Uh -huh. So you can have Jesus living in you. This, this is what fascinates me. You can have Jesus living in you, but then you have other parts of your heart just locked off to Jesus. Yes, I agree. Um, and, and, and I know one thing, and I, I weren't going to go there tonight, but um, like people, they, they'll have stuff on screens, computer screens. Pornography is, is, is ripe, even in the Christian settings. And they're not giving God that part of their heart. And mm -hmm. that's why they're still struggling with it and things like that. And um, I, I just love how you brought out how important is Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Determines how much time you spend with him. It is very true. There's a there's an actual scripture. I'm going to grab it. There's a scripture in First Peter. This is insane. I came across it the other day and it, it just touched me so much. He writes... I believe it's two, chapter 2, verse 6. Um, so he says, oh yeah, verse 7, sorry. Unto you, therefore, which believe, he, Jesus, is precious. Wow. It's right there. <laughs> it's right there. If you believe in him. He will become so precious to you, so valuable, so costly. But you can find out who doesn't really believe or hasn't put their faith in him by they don't really have a great value for him. But it's right there in 2.7. Unto you, therefore, who believe he is precious. <laughs> wow. Wow. I remember that song, Lord, you are more precious than yes. silver. Lord, you are more costly than gold. And I, I love to sing it. I used to sing it to the children. And uh, I find myself a bit of Benny in style just when I preach. Sometimes I'll sing that because he's so precious. And yes. it comes down to once you've realized what you saved from, you just want to give the person who saved you and set you free everything you're indebted to him for life yeah. and, uh, and he, he never wants to hold it against you he wants to just free you from from the sin and um, sure. i think i mentioned it backstage you know imagine me walking down the aisle with my wife or you walking down the aisle with uh, with your uh, wife eric and 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 we were madly in love with them but then the very next day we sort of just put them in their own bedroom shut the door and then just every now and again, opened it up and said, yeah, just come out. I've got some of my, mate, my mates are coming on Sunday. Uh, my friends, sorry for the Americans. I don't think you use the word mates, do you? Um, my, friends are, my, my friends are coming around on Sunday. Will you just come out and reveal yourself to them so they actually know that uh, I'm married to you? And, and that's sometimes what we do as Christians. It's like 
I'm, I'm going to go to church and I'm going to bring Jesus out on the Sunday, but actually on a Monday when I'm at work or I'm around other people, I just don't act like a Christian. I just don't spend time with God. I just, I, I don't read the scriptures. I, I don't worship him. And I mean, right. if it's, if your house is anything like mine, I, we crank the music on, on <laughs> loud, the worship music and all day long, you can walk into the room with the music on and all of a sudden you're singing a worship song because we yeah. want to be reminded in heaven, Jesus is constantly worshipped, yes. but for some reason, he's constantly looking at us, yeah. looking for our affection and our love. And I, 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 oh, Eric, you could say something. <laughs> the only way to live down here as they do up there is to do down here what they do up there. Mm. So if you're going to live a life, a heavenly life, then you must live your earthly life doing what they do in heaven, which is worshiping mm. the Lord. Heaven only breaks into our earthly life when with our earth, we do what they do in heaven. I worship you. I give you glory and honor. It is worship that puts God where he's supposed to be and puts us where we're supposed to be. So when people put the consciousness of themselves above God, no wonder it leads to depression and anger and all kinds of scatteredness and weariness. When people put other people above God, consciousness of other people above the consciousness of God, no wonder there's so many problems and heartbreaks and pain. It's when Christ is in his proper place, which is he deserves the highest place of consciousness. I put all my attention upon you. It's like Paul says, Set your mind on things above where Christ is. Set your affections on things above. Or even in Colossians 1, when Paul says that Christ would have the preeminent place above everything. Lift him above your government. Lift him above your er your earthly uh, situation of all kinds. Lift him above all the people you know, above your boss, above your money, above the meeting of your own needs, above your own safety. Lift him above all these things. And then we start finding that heaven is really found its location right on the inside, right here on the inside. Wow. And I, I suppose that's why when it says, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, <laughs> there I am in the midst of them. Because actually the church isn't a building, and I love the church as a building as well. I love to yeah, meet together. Me with that. But me and you meeting together with these guys on now, we're doing church. We're, we, yeah. We've got the kingdom of heaven right here, right now with us because yeah. there's two or three of us gathered together. So, guys, you are watching. We're in the presence of God right now. He's actually watching and writing down in his book and in his records in heaven of what is happening right now. And, you know, I wish I could worship. I, I mean, I wish I had a good worship voice. I can worship <laughs> all the time. But um, I wish we could have a time of worship afterwards. And um, we've got Michael Doe on next week. You you know Michael quite oh, well. Yeah. And, and yeah. he does worship as well. And But I should maybe do a worship night on one of these uh, because it's like <laughs> you said, if we do what they do in heaven, we'll see more of heaven on earth. Yes. And they just worship God constantly. Praise and God. I love that scripture as well. It says, cast your burdens onto Jesus for he cares for you. Yes. But many people don't cast the burdens onto Jesus because they don't trust Jesus because yeah. they've never given him um, the trust and given him the whole life and their whole so heart. True. When you're living by faith, like you are, Eric, and like I do, we're full-time in ministry, mm -hmm. you learn to trust God even a little bit more because 
I don't know if it's like this in America, but when it comes to people in the UK to trust God with the money, you know, they prefer to have a savings account somewhere. But when it says cast your burdens unto Jesus for he cares for you, yeah. we really do need to cast his burdens to him before going to the doctors and say, doctor, I've got a headache. What, yeah. what do I take? Because as soon as he gives you the paracetamol, I don't think sometimes it's even the paracetamol that he's giving you. I think it's just the soothing words of the doctor said, it'll be all all right if you take a tablet. <laughs> but I found when I go to Jesus first and he says, it'll be all right, Luke. Did yeah. I not create your head? Did I not create your yeah. heart, your body? Did I, Can I not heal you completely of anything yeah. you need? And we're yeah. going to pray for people tonight who are sick. If you can just learn to cast your burdens to Jesus, put your comments below like it says there. If you need prayer, put your comments. We're going to pray for you, and we know we're going to see miracles tonight. I know Eric yeah. sees them, we see mm -hmm. them, and we're going to pray for you. But what a great point to bring out. Uh -huh. Let's prioritize Jesus. Uh -huh. Let, let's do what heaven does so we see more of Jesus in his own lives and in his own life. It's simple, isn't it, Eric, really? So, so simple. Uh, it says here in in Philippians, this is a prison epistle written from a prison. He says this, Paul, verse four, he goes, be joyful all the time. That's amazing that there is joy available. And as a matter of fact, expected. This is a command. Do that. Rejoice all the time. Then he says, and again, I'm going to say it. Be joyful. Then he says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Now, here's where I, I want to emphasize for all those of you that are watching. Do not be anxious about anything. This is wow. zero tolerance for anxiety. Yeah. You, you can't tolerate it. It has no place in your life. Be anxious about, about nothing. Do not be anxious about anything. Sorry. Then it says, but the inverse, instead of having anxiety, he says, turn your attention to God. By saying in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. And look at what will happen if you will do this. If you will have zero tolerance for anxiety and you will turn your attention to the Lord in thanksgiving and in, in prayer. It says this, the peace of God, which surpasses the ability to be understood, will be a guard in your mind and a guard in your heart. I don't know about you, but I want to have my mind protected by God. That's a yeah. guard that can't be broken. I want to have yeah. my heart protected by Christ. That is impenetrable. And if you want an mm. impenetrable mind and an impenetrable heart, that's the sea of the emotions is settled. And the sea of the mind is settled when the peace of God that surpasses the, the ability to be understood takes its roots on the inside of you. And how does that happen? Have zero tolerance for anxiety. Do not have any place for it, but worship the Lord. Give thanks to him and keep your eyes up. And you'll find he will protect you completely. Wow, 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 wow. This is this is good stuff. This is absolutely fantastic. And you know, <laughs> I say I say this with a lot of guests, but bro, the, the revelation that you bring, but the simplicity of the revelation is just mm. It's just brilliant, you know, and 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 I do. I, I, it's so easy to let his mind fall into the trap of worry about this, worry about that. Uh -huh. You know, I've got a bill to pay next month. Uh, you know, one of my family members are ill um, with the mm -hmm. COVID. One of my family members got COVID nineteen. What's going to happen? Are they going to be yeah. put in, uh, in hospital? You know, are they going to die of this? But 
when we allow room for anxiety, that's when anxiety will get in. Yeah. Uh, and you're right. We want as mind protected. And I suppose that's where Apostle Paul says to renew your mind daily. Yeah. Think like Jesus daily. Think like yeah. heaven daily. Yeah. And I, I know I know we're touching on some of this, but I, I want to hit some more practical stuff if we can as well, Eric. Sure. So we want to protect his mind. We want to renew his mind daily so we get mm-hmm. rid of the sin. We get rid of the anxiety. You see, mm-hmm. the way we look at a problem is not the way God looks at a problem. And yeah. we've just got to be stayed focused and steadfast on him. And that's why I think yes. whenever your eyes are fixed on Jesus, they can't be fixed on the problem. And I know yeah. the story of the the um uh, peter walking on the water and he took his eyes off of jesus on the storm is used many times in the preach but it is true when you take your eyes off of jesus yeah that's when the anxiety gets even worse and i'm guilty of that and i'm sure you've probably done it as well eric you've got really panicked and flustered and worried um about something and then all of a sudden it's like <laughs> a, hang on luke am i not your god <laughs> hang on one minute you know can i not deal with this for you yeah. But what I want to try and do for the people who are watching and, um, you know, we're going to pray with people who maybe don't have this. Um, I don't like to use the word routine, but this regular in- interaction with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not taking it for granted and I'm not belittling anybody who doesn't spend time regular with Jesus, because I'll be honest with you. It's you who are missing out by not spending time <laughs> with Jesus. But I want Eric to share some practical pointers on what does spending time with Jesus look for with you in your personal time with him? Yeah, this is a very special question to me because it's something that every day I face. And it can be best summed up with a quote from Charles Spurgeon. He said, how can a stone rise? And he follows that by saying, oh, raise me, Lord. Let me expound what what he's meaning. He's saying, I realize in and of myself, I'm cold and hard and dead. I have nothing to give to you. but And I am totally in need of you raising me out of my death. So that humility is the root for the filling of the spirit, for the renewal of of the spirit that comes upon us as we're being renewed in the spirit of our minds as our outward man perishes our inward man is renewed day by day it's renewal in that place just like you were born again which how would you, how are you born again you threw your life at the feet of jesus recognizing you could not get rid of your sins if i asked you right now those of you watching did you take your sins away from you you would say no i didn't take my sins away from me Why? Because they existed in a realm you can't go, but Jesus could. And just as you couldn't take your sins from you, you can't bring yourself into the presence of God. The only thing you can do is just what you did to get your sins taken away, which is this, Lord, I need you. As you received him, so walk in him. And people try to come to God with methods and formulas and principles. It doesn't work. What works is throwing everything down at the feet of Jesus. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our God, our maker, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. This is the key to a prayer life that actually touches God every single day. How can a stone rise, Lord? Oh, raise me. 
So I, I did this even this morning. I came in and I sat down. I closed my eyes and I recognized to the Lord, you have loved me that so much that you became a man. You became what I am. You lived amongst men to show God to them. And then you allowed them to crucify you. And you didn't just die. You suffered. You suffered and tasted death and then died and was buried. But you raised again to life. And you were ascending on high. You ascended on high and sent the spirit down to men. So I give my life back to you. I give my mind to you, my will to you, my emotions. I lay everything down at your feet. And that is the place where quickening happens. It's laying the entire man on the altar that fire responds to. And I believe this is the key for any prayer life that's going to be interactive. Any kind of experiential relationship with God is going to have no other grounds than this. Humility, for God dwells with the lowly to revive them again, as the scripture tells us in, in, in Isaiah. Wow. Wow. So humbling in the cells and realizing yes. who saved us, yeah. <laughs> who's redeemed us. Yeah. And that we're not quite as good as we thought we were. Yes. And just laying before him and thanking him for that. Yeah, it's it's amazing. We're not just alive because we believed the gospel. We mm. now live by believing that gospel. The gospel isn't like I received it and now I'm past that. The gospel yeah. is every single day we remember the gospel and it wow. performs its saving work in us over and over and over again, even throughout the day. I, I just read actually in Numbers chapter 28. God asks for a sacrifice every day and continually throughout the day. And that sacrifice mm. is of a lamb without defect, <laughs> a lamb wow. without defect. And then as that is offered, God is pleased. And so I, I see this is the essence of a Christian life found right there in Numbers 28, 28, every day, continually throughout the day, throwing ourselves upon the lamb without defect. And this pleases God. Wow, wow, wow. I suppose that's the hard bit for us, Eric. Maybe I'm wrong, but to deny ourselves and to actually lay ourselves down as a sacrifice, that's the, when it comes off the tongue, it sounds simple, but actually there's, we're complex people and, and we make it very complex because it's uh -huh. like, well, that, that part you can have, this part you can't, that part, yeah, okay, I'll give you half of that. And, yeah. and and we go through that. But the reality is what you're saying is when you just submit fully to God, actually, yes. it's an easy, it's an easier ride. The conversations become easier. Um, you know, it, with with God. And, and and I've found this in my life. Sometimes I, I talk too much when I'm in the presence of God. <laughs> he, he actually likes to talk back, doesn't he, Eric? You know. <laughs> And my, my wife probably tells me I talk a little bit too much, but the reality is, is if we don't listen, because I know there's people going to be asking this question, if we don't listen for God and we just give him a list, because that, that's the old fashioned way of praying is bring your list to God, you know, cast your burdens unto Jesus sort of thing, but uh -huh. but then don't listen for the answer and, and the solution to it. Uh, what would you say about that, Eric? You know, what, what's your opinion on that? Yeah, so when you listen, you are giving preference to him. It's a act of humility to listen because it's giving place 
for his voice. It's actually pride to think we're heard because of the multitude of words. Jesus mm. actually says this in the scripture. He goes, the Pharisees think they're heard because they talk so much. Yeah. And so a lot of us slip into that. We think, I'm just going to talk, I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk. But to pray without ceasing is not encouraging a life of jibber-jabber. To pray without ceasing is the conscious awareness of God's presence. That's wow. the key. As a matter of fact, there's a quote here from Tozer. It says, listen closely to these words. The continuous and unembarrassed interchange of love and thought between God and the soul of the redeemed man is the throbbing heart of Christianity. He says, this intercourse between God and the soul is known to us in conscious, personal awareness. He says, it is personal. That is, it does not uh, come through the body of believers as such, but is known to the individual and to the body through the individuals that compose it. And this is this is key. He says, and it is conscious. That is, it does not stay below the threshold of consciousness and work there unknown to the soul, but comes within the field of awareness where man can know it and experience it as he knows or experiences any other thing. I, I feel like this is the key, the distinguishing mark between those that are religious and those that know what it is to be quiet before God. It is the awareness of his presence. I find that when I'm aware of his presence, there's not much else to do or say because in his presence, I find 90% of my prayers vanished anyways. I found out that what he was was all I ever wanted. I just didn't really realize it until he came near. You know, when he draws near, you can hear like the first sight of the blind, like the redemption of all lost time. Now he's more than home to me. And all I'm left with is a memory of whatever I was before he passed by me. It's this interchange of experiential reality between him and us with just the heart. As Madame Guyon used to call it, the prayer of the heart. It's just laying your heart upon God. We just started a prayer meeting actually on Tuesday nights. And the way that I start the prayer meeting is this. Let's push everything else away, not ask God for anything, not try to get him to do anything, not try to get anything from him, but just look and love him and hold our hearts there. And we find that just doing that fulfills the soul and sinks the soul into union with God so much so that now your prayer is not a list. It is quickened by the spirit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love it. I, love, I can feel the presence of God now, and I, I'm just just waiting for what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And I, I know we're coming to the end of this, but um, I really feel strong, Eric, that we need to pray with people tonight, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. to enter into the presence of God. There's mm -hmm. some of you watching right now, and some of you will be watching this later. I want you to post in the comments if you need healing from anything. And I'm not just talking physical. I'm talking emotional as well. I'm talking about the mind as well. I just really sense that in the next few minutes, wherever you all are, I'm going to get Eric to pray for you. And you're going to encounter the Holy Spirit in your own rooms. And for some of you, Again, I don't mean this disrespectfully. I mean it honestly and in love. Some of you have not experienced the presence of God for a long time. You've actually neglected him throughout the lockdown and, <laughs> and you've lost that relationship with him. 
Um, and I don't know how that's come about. Maybe it's bad news, but but you're going to reconnect with him tonight as Eric prays. I really feel there's going to be a reconnecting. It's like a light. If you don't plug it in and switch it on, the light will never be bright. You'll always look dull. You'll always look unuseful and you'll not be useful to anybody because you can't shine the light on them. So tonight, and, and, and later on, as some of you are watching it and logging on, as Eric prays for your God, he's going to switch that light on in your life again and you're reconnecting and you're going to replug in to the spirit of God and to what God's got for you. You see, God's got a plan and a purpose for your life, a, a plan to prosper it, not to harm it. You know, and some of you have been hurt. Uh, I'm really feeling this prophetic right now. Some of you have been hurt by other Christians in mm -hmm. this time, judging you on your opinion of what's happening in the COVID. Some of you have been judged and hurt by other Christians, and God's going to heal that hurt tonight, and he's going to break it off of your life. So if you've got a prayer request, just see it saying on the screen, comment below. Uh, I've seen a few coming already, and I'm going to get Eric just to bring us into the presence of God. In fact, he's already here, but Eric, just I just want you to go for the next few minutes. I'll pop a few prayer requests up as we're going along, but just sure. pray what's on your heart. Bring us into the presence of God and help reconnect some of the people who need to reconnect with God right now. Yeah, uh, but before I pray, I just want to say to every viewer, I can pray for you until I am blue in the face. But if you do not come to Jesus, you will never find rest. If you do not actually come to Jesus, you'll never find out that his yoke is easy. If you do not actually come to Jesus, leave whatever you need to leave behind and come to Jesus, you'll never find out that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So I'm going to pray for you. But I'm I'm telling you, if you don't respond by coming to the feet of Jesus and laying your life there, there's very little that can happen for you. You have to lay it down at his feet. And it's so simple. Just find an empty room, shut the door, lock it, lay on your face and say, here's everything, God. I don't want anything anymore. I want you. And this is enough to, to quicken your own heart to be able to perceive the already present presence of God. Father, I thank you for the Holy Ghost sent down because of Jesus. And I pray right now for every viewer that there would be a tangibility, a sense of the presence of the Lord right now that will quicken their eyes to perceive the beauty of Jesus, that Jesus really is so lovely and so beautiful and matchless in every way, perfect and holy, love himself. I pray that there be a perceiving right now for every person of the Lord Jesus to see that he is altogether lovely. He is dazzling that there is not another like him and that his desire is for every person right now within the sound of my voice. He desires you and longs for you to be his own. Father, I pray you break difficulties in the mind, break complexities. And Lord, I pray return people to simplicity. Just, just love him. Just simply give him your heart and he will do the rest. I pray for a fresh, understanding of how simple you have made this by your own work that satisfies God. Mix their lives with oil and wine, my God. Keep them away from leavened bread. And I pray you bring them into that holy convocation of no labor whatsoever, but the spirit lifting 
them above the earth and carrying them by his own power. It is not by might nor by power, but by the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So, yeah, just keep your prayer requests coming in. We're going to pray for them all. Uh, we'll select a few just to pray for in a few minutes. But I just want to give a moment right now for people who are either watching live or watching later. And if you know somebody who is unsaved, has not met with Jesus for the first time, like Eric was explaining, everyone has to have that first connection with Jesus and this might be the first or it might be a recommitment but I want to give an opportunity right now for you to meet with him right now for the very first time what a joy it can be you know you can have happiness I'm not saying Jesus is the answer to all of your problems but he's been the answer to all my problems and he's been there through every single problem I'm not saying he's going to take every single storm away but when I go through the storms Jesus is always there and I I've not met anybody who's regretted giving their life to Jesus yet because when you truly fall in love with Jesus, he's there for life. He's not going to quit on you. And you might be watching this right now and we're going to pray for people in a few minutes. So please keep your prayer requests coming in and we'll pray with you all in a few minutes. But if you want to welcome Jesus into your life for the first time, I'm going to get Eric just to say a, a short prayer, Eric, if you would, and just to get to get them to invite Jesus into their life for the first time. This is We're going to be celebrating with you. And you might be watching this later or you might be watching it and you've got family members who need to hear this bit. Tell them to fast forward it right to this bit if they're watching it later and let them receive Jesus. Um, just go for it, Eric. Yeah, just put your hand on your heart, those of you that want to pray and receive Christ fresh, maybe a rededication or for the first time. Put your hand on your heart and say this with me. Say, Jesus, I realize that I have rebelled against you, that I have went my own way, that I have lived without submitting my soul to your rule. And I believe this to be sin. And I ask you now to wash me in the precious blood of Jesus. I receive him as my substitute. I receive him as my righteousness. I receive him as my Lord, my Savior, and my very best friend. From this day on and forever, I am yours and you are mine. Come live your life through me. Amen. 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 And amen. You know, the Lord has been doing stuff tonight i mean you've encouraged me eric it's been absolutely fantastic having you on here um but i'm gonna let you go eric i don't know if you can stay behind on, uh, and we just catch up a few minutes afterwards i'm just gonna pop on with everybody and say goodbye um but have you got anything burning that you want to say just before you go uh, i guess the only thing i'd say to leave everybody with is this song of solomon 710 says i am my beloved's and his desire is for me. I speak that to every person who is have given their life to Jesus. You belong to him. And his his burning desire is for you. Wow. Well, thank you again, Eric. God bless. I'll catch up with you in a few minutes. Okay. Just putting up here now. These are the guys we've had on over the last few weeks. So we've had Pepe on last week. 
uh, we had Andrew before him, um, we've just had Eric on, and Michael Dore, um, we're going to be touching on fasting and praying, and he's just released a new book, which I'm sure he'll be sharing on next week as well. So Again, thanks for joining me. If uh, you was touched by this service and you want to listen to any more or find out more about Ignite Ministries, the ministry that I run, um, please visit www.igniteministries.co.uk. Remember, God changes lives from the inside out.